new with us today, we're in a series called New You, and we've been looking at it, we'll continue to look at the next several weeks, areas of our life on how we can become a new you in these, in these key areas. And uh, I know many of us begin a new year like 2013, wanting to see some changes, wanting to do some things differently than we did in 2012 or in 2011 or 10 or in the 1990s. We want to see some changes. And so this series is a catalyst to inspire us and help us to see those changes. And today I want to talk to you about new body, new Body. How can we have a new body in 2013? You know, since I was growing up all the way until now in my adult years, I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never drank alcohol. I've never been addicted to pills. I've never had or used crack cocaine or marijuana or meth or LSD or any other illicit drugs. But I do love pasta. And I love pizza. And I love chicken enchiladas. And I love sushi and steak fajitas and hamburgers and french fries. I love onion rings. I love eggnog milkshakes. Come on, somebody. Come on. I I love food. I grew up in a home where we ate good. My mama could throw down in the kitchen. Listen, listen, listen. My mama would whoop your mama in the kitchen. My mama could cook. Man, I grew up eating stuff like goulash. Some of you don't even know what goulash is. Oh, man, I grew up eating goulash and liver and onions and pinto beans. My mama would make a pot of pinto beans in the wintertime every Saturday. She'd get up early in the morning. She'd let those pinto beans simmer and cook all day long with some hammerhock in it. We'd have some jiffy cornbread and some cucumber salad. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm telling you, we ate growing up, man. My mama would take that pot of pinto beans and the next day she would put some chili bean, chili in it. We'd have some chili beans with some jiffy cornbread. And the next day my mama would buy some fritos and some sour cream and we had some frito pie. My mama knew how to make the bees go a long, long way. I mean, my, my mama, she, she would cook stuff like fried pork chops and, and, and fried chicken. My mama made hamburger helper. Tastes like a gourmet meal. Somebody know what I'm talking about. My mama could whip together some hamburger helper. You'd be like, mama, what is this boy hamburger helper? I'm like, what? She could make it taste good. My mama made stuff like rabbit. Oh, I grew up in the country. She she made squirrel and coon and deer and quail. I grew up eating stuff like pig ears and pig feet and hog head and chitlins and, and pheasant and duck. I love food. Man, I love food. Matter of fact, my daddy oftentimes would kill a cow and a hog every year and have the meat processed. And we had put the meat in a deep freezer. We kept a big old, I'm talking about a big old deep freezer in the dining room. And it would be full of that processed meat for us to eat. Listen, the Cooper family loved and loves food. Matter of fact, before the 14-day fast started a couple of weeks ago, the Saturday before the fast, I knew it was coming. 
I knew it was coming the next day, so that day I knew I was going to sin before the Lord and eat good and then ask for forgiveness. I already planned it. And so I started, man, I got some pizza and I ate pizza and cheese bread. I ate till I was hurting. I could throw up. I ate so much. And, and that evening, man, I was already stuffed. I wasn't even hungry. How many of you have ever eaten before when you're still not hungry? But I didn't care. I knew I had to fast the next day. My wife made some brownies, so I got a big brownie to eat. Well, I knew I was fasting the next day, so I went back an hour later and got another brownie. But this time I got some milk because I had to splurge because the first time I didn't get milk with my brownie. But since I knew I was fasting, I went back a third time and got a third. I don't ever do this. I got a third helping a brownie. I actually stayed up later so I could get a snack because I knew the next day I wasn't going to eat. I usually go to bed early on Saturdays because I know I got to preach four times on Sunday. But I stayed up late past 11 o'clock and I went to the kitchen and ate a fourth helping of brownies. Pray for your pastor. I'm sick. I got issues. I need prayer. It's good for me to confess to you like this today. I love food. And as much as I love food, I know that God wants me to take care of my body. I know that God cares about what you and I do with our bodies. This subject today is not just a little self-help talk. Just a little, just a little something I want to just bring to your attention just to try to help you in some practical areas. No, 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 no. This is a spiritual issue. This is a spiritual issue. There, I, I want to lay a foundation, first of all, by giving you some spiritual reasons to take care of your body. Spiritual reasons to take care of your body. The first is this. God made your body. God made your body. The psalmist said in chapter 30, 139 and verse 13, for you created my inmost being, talking about God. God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God, this body that I've got, you knit it together. You gave me this body. God made our bodies. So we shouldn't destroy the bodies that God has made. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Oftentimes, when we think about God's temple, we think about brick and mortar. We think about a building. We think about this building we're in right now. But listen, that's not God's temple. This is not God's temple. You and I are God's temple. And he goes on to say, and that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred. Everybody shout sacred. Please hear that. God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, listen, you are God's temple, and our temples are not objects of worship, but they are places of worship that we should honor God. We should take care of this temple. There's a second spiritual reason we should take care of our body, and that is Jesus paid for your body. Jesus paid for your body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple? There's that word again. Is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You don't call the shots when it comes to your body. Why? Verse 20, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 
Friends, Jesus paid for your body when he died on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says you are not your own. You should not call the shots when it comes to your body. God created your body. Jesus paid for your body. And so you and I should honor, the Bible says, honor God with this temple. There's a third spiritual reason I want you to see. And the third thing is this. The Holy Spirit lives in your body. The Bible says back in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, I just read it to you, but let me just show you a fresh perspective here. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple, notice this, of the Holy Spirit who is in you? If you're not familiar with Christianity, you're new to church. We had a man in the first service, hadn't been to church in 27 years, but somebody invited him and he enjoyed himself here today at church and perhaps that's you today. Well, I want you to understand that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. He's, he's, he's God himself. You see, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's one God who exists in three persons. And when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. So, so, so check this out. God made our bodies. And since God made our bodies and Jesus paid for our bodies and the Holy Spirit lives in our bodies, you and I ought to be good stewards of our bodies. We, we're called to steward our bodies well. We should honor God with our bodies. And God expects us to take care of our bodies by following his plan. Did you realize that in the Bible, God gives us laws of health? Some of you may not know that. You may have been serving the Lord for 30, 40, 50 years, and you did not realize God has given us laws of health in his word. Matter of fact, scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 through 22. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Pay attention. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And check this out. And health to a man's whole body. Everybody shout whole. I want you to catch that. You need to pay attention to the word. You, 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 you need to listen to the word closely. You, you need to keep the word on your mind. Don't let it out of your sight. Keep the word in your heart. Why? Because it's health to a man's whole body. You see, the principles in God's word are put there not just for our spiritual health, but for our emotional health for our physical health, for our whole body. And when you and I follow God's principles in God's word, we're going to be healthier people. So what I want us to do today is I want us to look at four principles from God's word on building a healthy body. And I already know what some of you are thinking right now. Oh, brother, why are we talking about this in church? Why are we talking about this? Because it's a part of your life. It's part of a huge part of your life. And friends, the truth of the matter is this. When you feel bad physically, it affects every part of your life. It's hard to be spiritually alert when you're physically dull. It's hard. And we're going to look at God's laws for having a healthy body. Number one is this. Number one is this. Come on, all my note takers in the house, write this down. Watch your diet. 
That's what the Bible says. Watch your diet. Hear what Scripture says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19. Let's look at this first law. Watch your diet. It says, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. Another translation says their stomach. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Isn't that real interesting? We don't really think about food in that way, but the Bible says this, that these group of people, that their God was their stomach. Their God was their appetite. They were worshiping food. They were worshiping their appetite. They were worshiping the things they could put in their body. Their mind was just here on earth. We, we oftentimes don't think about food in that way, that it can control our life in that way, that it can become a God to us. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 20 and 21, do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons. Now, now you and I in our natural mind, we wouldn't put those two together. We'd say, man, don't hang around with drunk folks. They're crazy. Stay away from drunk people. But we wouldn't put drunk people and gluttons together. But that's what the Bible does. Bible says, this is serious stuff. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them in rags. The Bible says, don't be a glutton. Watch what you eat. Watch your diet. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Everybody shout mastered. That's the key word. I want you to catch this. I want this to get into your heart today. I will not be mastered by anything. You and I as Christians, we can't be mastered or controlled by anything, and that includes food. We cannot allow food to control us. And friends, when you and I are controlled by food, instead of eating to live, we live to eat. It reminds me of a poem. It's a dieter's poem. The poem goes like this, Lord, grant me the strength that I may not fall into the clutches of cholesterol. At polysaturates, I'll never mutter, for the road to hell is paved with butter. And cake is cursed, and cream is awful, and Satan is hiding in every waffle. Beelzebub is a chocolate drop, and Lucifer is a lollipop. Teach me the evils of hollandaise, of pasta, and gobs of mayonnaise, and crisp fried chicken from the south. Oh, Lord, please shut my mouth. That is exactly where I was six or seven years ago. Lord, please shut my mouth because I can't. You see, six or seven years ago, I was on a seafood diet. Everything I saw, I ate. My stomach was my God. And I ate and I ate and I ate. And here's the interesting thing is I was working out. I was going to the gym working out and I was still gaining weight. Picking up weight because I was controlled by food. I know what it is to be an addict to food, just to feel, just even not hungry, but eating and eating, eating out of nervous habits, just eating, eating, eating. And I got up to around 207 pounds at my highest. And six or seven years ago, I walked into the church office, I believe it's about six years ago. I walked into the church office, and Shelby Johnson, our care director, he ministers on both campuses. Shelby said these encouraging words to me. He said, Herbert, you're getting fat. 
And I wanted to hurt Shelby. Something came all over me to punch Shelby in his neck. But I didn't. You know how you have one of the moments like, oh, no, you didn't. What are you saying to me? And Shelby said that to me. I was kind of, you know, he kind of laughed when he said it. And I kind of laughed too, but my feelings was hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and that day, something sparked in me. God used Shelby to speak into my life like a holy conviction came over me. I had to do something. And you know what I started to do? I started to watch what I was eating and hear this and watch how much I was eating. I used to gorge myself, be kind of fool and go back for seconds. I used to eat. I thought eating, you couldn't stop until you was about to throw up like I did with them brownies. That's what I thought eating was like. You know what I'm saying? And I'd gorge myself. And so I began to watch what I was eating, and then I began to watch how much I eat. And today, I've changed my life, and I went from 207 pounds to today. I hover around 180 to 180, 283 pounds. I'm, I'm lighter than that right now because we're fasting. We've been fasting and praying, but I, I'm right at the 180 mark. And the way that I've done it is I had to control. I had to say, I'm not going to let food be my master. I can't let the let food be my God, my stomach be my God, and watch. And so today, now I eat a banana for breakfast almost every morning. This morning, I'll preach four times, and I ate one banana today and drank some water and some hot tea for my throat because I'm not going to let food be my master. And I still eat some things that I love. I enjoy food throughout the week, but I watch how much I eat. Watch your diet. Don't be mastered by anything. There's a second thing that I want you to see. God gives us some laws for health. Number two is this. Be committed to exercising regularly. You see, I've discovered that most people are convinced they need to exercise, but they're just not committed. And here's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, physical training is good. One translation says, is of some value. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, when most of us read this verse, we kind of just skip over the first part and focus on the second part. You know, physical training, but training for godliness. Be holy. Be godly. It has promises for benefits in this life and the life to come. But we, we miss this first part. Physical training is good. Physical training has some value. In other words, we should exercise. And I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'll start exercising when I really get out of shape. I'm not just that bad in shape. When I really get out of shape, I'll start exercising. Well, well, some of you might be out of shape right now and you don't know it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some signs <laughs> that you might just be out of shape right now. So if you fit into one of these signs, you are out of shape. Here's the first sign. When you feel like the morning after and you didn't go anywhere the night before. <laughs> you're out of shape, my friend. You know you're out of shape when your knees buckle, but your belt won't. You're out of shape. You know you're out of shape when you walk from the couch to the bathroom and your underarm pits break out sweating. You're out of shape, my friend. You know you're out of shape when you see one of your friends working out and you hope they break an ankle. 
And we ever said, look at her, look at her running like that. I hope she falls down and breaks her ankle running like that. You know you're out of shape. Friends, here's the raw reality. Most of us know we should work out. We know we should exercise, but we're not committed to it. And here's the number one reason given by people on why they don't exercise. The number one reason is this. I don't have time. I don't have time. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you have time to be sick? Do you have time to sit in the doctor's office for an hour? Do you have time to wait at the pharmacist for 45 minutes for a prescription? You see, if we don't make time for exercise, we will probably have to find time to be sick. It comes down to how you want to spend your time. And the fact is this, our body was not designed for inactivity. Matter of fact, it's a possibility that Paul, when he wrote this today, if he wrote it, when he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, just possibly he might have wrote physical training is of a whole lot of value. Because in our culture, you see, we got cars to drive. They didn't have cars back when Paul wrote this. In our culture, we got escalators to ride on, elevators that go to the top floor. Oh, they didn't have that in these days. They were very active in those days. And today, we've got all the gadgets and the tools and the cars. And just perhaps you'd say physical training is really good for you because you don't move your body. We're made to be active. Friends, can I tell you, even a daily walk, just going on a walk every day, will do so much for your body. 15, 20, 30 minutes just going on a walk do so much. Perhaps for you to become a new you, maybe it's just getting involved in a gym and you need some accountability. And I'd encourage you to do that. Matter of fact, we invited some friends here today. The people you saw in the video are our trainers on health clubs and, and, and Desmond and Andrea Mason, they attend church here. Andrea is owner of Bar 3 and, they, and, and, and they're offering a free class for you to come try it out and then some extra incentives for you to continue to go there and exercise. Say, Pastor, what does the church benefit from this? Absolutely nothing. My goal is that we would inspire you to be healthy. Adam Bowen, who was in the video, uh, is a trainer at Gold's Gym. And we invited Gold's Gym here today. And if 10 of you sign up, we may already be there. If you 10 of you sign up today, we'll get a, a group discount. And you ought to get some of the fellas or some of the ladies that you know and say, come sign up with me. Let's hold each other accountable. We're going to meet at the gym every day at 6 a.m. in the morning or at 6 at night. We're going to be here. And then you have that same anointing I have. If you diss me and leave me hanging and don't meet me, I pray you get hemorrhoids. So you better be at the gym with me. Come on, somebody. But I'm just saying, get, go in the lobby. They'll be at the Welcome Center today. Get signed up. Our bodies are meant to exercise. This is a spiritual issue. Physical training is good. It has some value. There's a third thing that I want you to see. God's law for, for health. Number three is rest your body. Rest your body. Let me share one of the ten commandments with you. Exodus chapter 20, verse number eight. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And I've never seen this before. 
This week as I was studying, this jumped out just fresh and anew to me. Listen to what he goes on to say. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Friends, there is a blessing on taking a day off. There's a blessing on the Sabbath day. There's a blessing. When you take one day off every week, the Lord puts a blessing on your life. There's a blessing on the Sabbath day, on taking a day of rest. And friends, listen, if you're going to be healthy, you have to rest your body properly. The Bible says six days should work. Now, if you don't work, you need to work. Six days, you should work and work hard. We talked about work last week. But the Bible says the seventh day, one day a week, you need to take it off and rest. If you don't, you'll hurt your body. You're not meant to go, 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 go. You've got to rest. You need one day off a week. You need one vacation a year. I'm not talking about you have to go on some elaborate vacation. It might just be staying home. But oftentimes when you read the scriptures, Jesus would pull away and rest. He'd pull away. I mean, this is Jesus. He'd pull away from the crowds. He'd pull away from healing people. And he would just spend time along with the Father, resting, recalibrating, recuperating. He would encourage his disciples, come on, we're just going. We're going to go just get away. Let's go on the other side. Let's just take a break. Because, listen, you've got to pull away to re-energize yourself. Take a vacation once a year, a day off every single week. And I want to encourage you, you've got to get the proper sleep. Get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Get some sleep. Get some rest. And here's what happens, just like it does to me. When I don't sleep properly, I love Jesus with all of my heart, but I want to hurt somebody. I'm more irritable. I'm short. I'm impatient. I might snap on you in the name of Jesus because I'm tired. And you got to rest. I got to rest. You got to rest your body properly. You are meant to get sleep and rest. And here's the deal. Here's what I want you to hear me. I want you to hear what I have to say here. So important for me and so important for you. If you and I don't break our schedule, our schedule will break us. And some of you right now, you're dealing with physical health problems. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with anxiety problems. You're dealing with emotional problems. And just perhaps it may be stemming from how you're treating your body. You're not getting the proper rest. Six days you work. One day, take it off. Get some rest. Take care of your body. Number four is this. There's a fourth law of physical health to to have a healthy body. And the fourth law is this. Fear the Lord. You're like, really, Pastor? Absolutely. If you fear the Lord, it'll make you healthy. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Why? Verse 8. This will bring health to your body, and nourishment to your bones. You see, friends, when we fear God, when we obey God's word, it brings health to our bodies. If you want a healthy body, listen to me, you can't be wise in your own eyes. Well, I'm going to live like I want to live. I'm going to do like I want to do. I'll follow the rules as much as I want to. I'm I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. No, 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 no. If you want a healthy body, it begins with fearing the Lord and shunning evil and staying away from evil, staying away from doing the wrong things. Can I tell you something? You know this to be true as well. Sin is hard on people. You ever seen somebody just trapped in sin and they just look beat down, tore up from the floor up? You know what I'm saying? You're just like, man, sin, it can't. It's hard. It's hard to live a life of sin. 
And the Bible says, God knew that. Just listen, fear God, shun evil, live for me, and it'll be health in your body, nourishment to your bones. There's a man in our church that since 2005, he's lost 100 pounds, over 100 pounds, because he began to follow God's laws of health. His story is so inspiring. Would you open your hearts and listen to my friend's story? Check this out. Growing up, um, my family never really had a high value on health or eating right or fitness. Both of my parents uh, struggled mostly all of their lives with weight. Uh, I can remember the first time that my dad got me a Big Mac. It was like, hey, we're going to introduce you to this whole new world. <laughs> I was like, you know, as a little kid, I'm like, wow, this thing tastes great. I'm never going back to a Happy Meal ever again. I, as a kid, started putting on some weight, high school, college. I didn't feel good. I felt unhealthy. I didn't know how to get the weight off, but it bothered me. It was around 2001, 2002. I was close to 300 pounds. I had, you know, gotten up to the biggest that I had ever been, ever. At that moment in time, I could see changes in my dad's health. The problems that he had throughout most all the years of his life were all health problems related to his weight. Um, diabetes, high blood pressure, just the lack of mobility as he got older. You could see it in his eyes. You know, he had this yearning desire to pick up his grandkids and play with them, but he just, he physically couldn't. You know, it ultimately led to, you know, his, his passing away much earlier than, than really what should have been. I knew something had to change. There was just that moment that I came to where I felt a holy conviction like, I've got to do something different with how I'm, I'm living my life, how I'm leading myself, how I'm leading myself for my wife. I wanna be around to see my kids grow up. I wanna be around to see my grandkids. I felt like I cannot let another day go by that I'm letting this control my life. I just got in the gym. I was running, I was on the elliptical, I was just doing everything that I knew to do, and I was asking a lot of questions. I talked to nutritionists, I talked to trainers. I started eating a lot of lean protein. We had lots more vegetables. We're steaming them, we're sauteing them, we're walking them. We have vegetables every day. You know, I have fruit every day. Working out, most of the time it's like, this is a choice. I'm going to work out today and I'm going to work out hard knowing that what I'm doing is setting me up for my future. As I started seeing some of the weight come off, I felt like I was winning. I'm like, wow, I've struggled with this all of my life and I've never been able to cross this bridge. I'm finally crossing this bridge. 
there were moments where I just thought about how much my dad had to offer Isabella and Ian and how much he so deeply loved them, knowing that, that he was not gonna have that opportunity to give all that to them. I just knew that I, I cannot let that be me. And God, God wants the best for us. He wants the best for our lives. And I know at least just for me, when I was, when I was unhealthy, my life wasn't bad, but I don't, I don't think that I was living it to the fullest that, that God had in store for my life. Isn't that an awesome story, man? Unbelievable. I've been a part of Brian's journey the entire time. He's been a part of People's Church and on staff here. And it's amazing what the Lord has done in his life. And my goal is your path. Here's my goal. Is I want to inspire you. This is not about condemnation, man. There's no condemnation in Christ. But like myself, like Brian, I just hope and pray that you would have a holy conviction today by the Holy Spirit to take care of God's temple and to be a new you in your body and to honor God with your body. Church, hear your pastor today. Here's my prayer for you. My prayer. Here's the prayer I speak over your life. I speak this prayer over your life today. Here's my prayer. 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. That's my prayer. My prayer for you. I pray that you would prosper in all things and that you would be in health as your soul prospers.